Um, and so I just pulled back. And at that point, I just, I think, spun pretty immediately into trying to actuate uh, my vision for uh, the Trails Collective. And so, again, the hope was to have it be multifaceted to really, um, well, it's trying to, or the hope is to do uh, a lot of different things. So uh, first and foremost, to try to bring us all together and really provide a regional view of trail running. You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. We sat down with ultra runner and Red Newt Racing RD, Ian Golden, to hear all about his mission to connect trail runners through his community, the Trails Collective. So sit back and relax, or go out and hit the trails, and enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by our most recent web development in partnership with Strava. It's the, oops, I forgot to turn off my watch editing tool. Log on to your Strava account to download this expansion pack today. With the, oops, I forgot to turn off my watch editing tool, you can now edit those trail runs where you accidentally added on a 50 mile an hour split from driving away from the trailhead with your watch still running. When you download the expansion pack, use the code SASQUAD, S-A-S-S-Q-U-A-D, to receive a free t-shirt that has a mountain silhouette with the text that reads, no, you are not almost there. Hello everyone, welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. I'm so sorry about the technical glitches, they were on my end. Ian Golden has put on his RG cap and is... Uh, totally fixed it <laughs> and uh, he got things up and running through their StreamYard app. So hopefully this is going out live to both the Trails Collective Facebook page and the Sasquad Trail Running Facebook page. So Ian, thank you so much for getting us back up and running. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for making the time still on your vacation and to your family out there in the background, help, you know, helping out or plugging in. Nothing like a good old troubleshoot to get things going on a Wednesday night. <laughs> yep. And so let me give us a, a little bit of introduction to Sasquatch Trail Runners, and I'm going to read Ian's bio, and then we're going to jump into this interview. So also along the way, if you're on Facebook, you can join the live chat on uh, either page. We'll be able to see the comments, and I can read those questions that you might have for Ian. And it's going to be an interactive time during the interview. So my name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquad Trail Running. We are a trail running group in New Jersey. We put on events that we love to call them trail parties all around the state. Our next event is on May 1st. It's the Thunder Chicken Squatch at Stoke State Forest in Branchville, New Jersey, which is in Sussex County. You can register on ultrasignup.com to run or hike 17 miles or 7 miles. And then after that, we are down at the Burlington County Fairgrounds on uh, the end of June, the last Sunday in June, for the Midnight Squatchapalooza. You can sign up to run or hike 12 hours, 6 hours, 3 hours, or a 5K. You can learn more about our events by going to sasquadtrailrunning.com. So the reason you are all here, and thank you so much for your patience, we have Ian Golden is joining us tonight. I'm going to read his squatchy introduction here to set the stage of what we are going to uh, be enjoying tonight. So Ian is the founder of the Trails Collective and the race director for Red Newt Racing. He's also the owner of Figure Lakes Running Company, which is a running store in Ithaca, New York. So I want to tell you about the Trails Collective. It was launched in February 2020, provides regional coverage of trail events, updates, volunteer opportunities, um, links to entities forming the collective, such as coaches, shops, peers, reviews, an event calendar with mapping integration, communicate, communication message boards, and multiple video channels celebrating all the above. So Ian and his team have been highlighting countless events that have been going on on the East Coast. Um, he has a weekly rundown. If you've not subscribed to that on YouTube, get on their channel, The Trails Collective. There's a weekly rundown of all things happening with not only trail races, but also FKTs that are being set um, by athletes all around the tri-state New England and up and down the East Coast. Um, Red Newt Racing, his trail racing company, hosts over a half a dozen events in New York, including the Breakneck Point Trail Runs and the Cuyahoga Trails 50. Those both events are coming up 
they're on ultrasign.com, but I think they're they're all sold out, right, Ian? Uh, they are with pretty long wait lists at the moment. Yeah, they, they those events sell out really quickly. A um, couple more things about Ian. He ran competitively at Ithaca College, which is in New York. He was the only two-time All-American and the first NYSC TC champion in both cross-country in cross-country history, and he was the first top distance runner to the cross-country and track and field programs during his time at Ithaca. And a fun fact, which I just learned, probably those of you who know Ian well already knew this, but I learned this, that uh, he ran for election to the U.S. House to represent New York's 23rd Congressional District, which I did not know that. So that's a fun trivia fact that we have for Ian. So, Ian, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Totally, except for whatever person on the Facebook thread gave us that angry face up there. There's like, what are you doing? Come on, we just started. Give us a chance. Come but on, it's good to be we here. just got going. We're four minutes into I this. I know. Gosh. I don't know. Do it could have been Trent. I don't know if it was Trent Swanson. He's trolling already. What do you think? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> so, Ian, let's jump into this. Um, tell us about your history as a runner. You've been running for a long time. You ran competitively. How did you first get into um, running and then trail running? I, let's see. I started, my first thing was I grew up a competitive swimmer. I probably started swimming, I don't know, or, uh, being a competitive swimmer probably like age six. And I think around age 16 where everybody else grew and, and I didn't, I think that kind of the writing was on the, the wall that this wasn't really going to be it. Uh, and so I moved into running around that time. And so started, I think, running competitively around sixth or seventh grade. And so that's just kind of how it went. I really enjoyed being active. I really enjoyed the team angles and the connections and relationships. And um, and so that was kind of the, the start of it, I suppose. Yeah. And what, what, um, what made you want to run competitive in college? Because that, you know, you just can't wake up senior year and decide you're going to do that. What, what drove you to you know, seek out that opportunity? It was not my plan to run competitively in college. I had gone to the, I think, initial um, weekend up at Ithaca College. And I think I, uh, there was a friend, Mike Pulowski, who was a team runner at the time came and I think just talked to everybody who was in there for the, uh, that weekend. Um, and I don't know, there was some appeal there and they just mentioned they were going to go on a group run. And I thought, well, I might as well go on a group run and uh, just joined them. And and that was that, but that was, it was not the plan to, to keep running after high school. Okay. And how was it running competitively? Did you enjoy your college experience? I did enjoy my college experience. Yeah. I think the, um, probably I really need to be kind of busy, I think all the time. And I, I think I remember the first couple of weeks at, uh, at college or at Ithaca, not really having a schedule, not really knowing anybody. Like I just hated having the downtime. And so I think uh, not only did running or running on the teams offer the sense of community and friendship and connection, but it kind of filled the time. And, and I was also in a pretty, um, a pretty solid academic major, uh, which required quite a bit of work. And I just felt like it also allowed me to just kind of fill up the time and uh, maximize it. And, and that's kind of how I functioned uh, best. So but I really did enjoy my time uh, running in college. And thankfully our coach was, I think, uh, open enough to allow us to really run the trails around Ithaca, uh, Ithaca College in Ithaca. And so I think that really exposed me more uh, deeper into trail running and that's really what I loved. And I don't know if it, I don't think it probably translated into making us better collegiate runners, uh, but it sure, I think shapes where I would go from there. And I very much loved it. Okay. Now, before we springboard into what's happening after college, I'm going to pass you this question from Ryan Thorpe. I don't know if you saw it already in the chat. Uh, Ryan Thorpe wants to know who has the best hair in ultra uh, running and why is it Jay Lamos? Yeah. Um, just because uh, Jay Lamos, well, that's, I mean, that's a good, I just instinctively think of, I think others before myself and, and Jay really has nice hair and I, I can have a very, I think, visual, of him just kind of maybe occasionally doing that with his hair and maybe like pulling it back. And it, it's very, it belongs in, I don't know, some sort of like dove commercial or something like that. Uh, it's very luxurious. Um, 
but I suppose, you know, if I, I, I don't want to shortchange my own hair. It really comes in uh, pretty thick and curly. And I, I was actually having a discussion in the kitchen this afternoon with my, uh, my oldest of three daughters. And, and she just got back from going on a run on her own, uh, which was great. And it was uh, kind of sleety, snowy, rainy stuff up here. And she just went out for three miles. She's 12. And she, uh, I was just getting back with our toddler and walked in. And then she walked in not shortly after. And then she came into me and she was just like, why, why is, like, I don't get my hair. Like, what's going on with my hair? And she's got um, some curl, curls, kind of waves in the middle. And then it like straightens out at the back or, or at the bottom or whatever. And she's a little, she's not so sure what to make of it. Um, but I think she's got some of those curls coming in and we'll just see where that goes. Um, but hair was on the, hair was on the conversation table today. <laughs> you know, Jay Lamos just came to our race uh, two weekends ago. And mm -hmm. I did witness firsthand the flow. He's got some flow going on. He does. Yeah. So good so, question, Ryan. Good question. Thank you, Ryan. Keep them coming. We'll we'll continue to feed them here uh, to Ian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. So after you finished running competitively in college, what's the story with um, what came next? Um, when did Finger Lakes Running Company start? I know Trails Collective just happened. So. Walk us through the timeline of, of what happened after college. Uh, so my academic program, I, I was uh, studied occupational therapy for my undergraduate and graduate work. And my graduate, about a year and a half, was mostly uh, field work or kind of immersion experiences. And so I used this as a chance to really move around and with some really nice facilities as well. But I was in L.A. for a bit and then uh, Albuquerque for a bit uh, for a stint. And then I was over in Scotland uh, for a bit. And at the time, my uh, girlfriend through uh, my grad years was uh, a pretty uh, incredible runner. She was one of Jack Daniels' um, ladies and was just a really amazing runner. And at the time, uh, Jack was applying for a position as coach with the University of Hawaii. And uh, she um, was assuming she just stay coached by, by him. And so she said... Uh, you know, if you'll go to Hawaii, you know, I'll go to Hawaii. And from my vantage point, I was like, yeah, I'll, sure, I'll go to Hawaii. And and so she took a full ride uh, out there. And I headed out there directly from Scotland to Hawaii after I finished my program and uh, just started getting into or continued on with trails uh, living out on uh, Oahu and just really mm -hmm. loved it. And at that point, I think I had uh, signed up for MMT or Nutton as my first ultra or my first race out of college. Uh, and I had the opportunity, I think in that interim, the first Hurt 100 was going down and uh, not really knowing how that all went, but it, I, it was in my relative backyard at the time or kind of my home trails at that point. I just showed up and asked if they needed any help. And they said, uh, the leader who, uh, who was uh, Louis Escobar, uh, could use a, a pacer and he'd probably be back through in the next loop around uh, 60 miles, whatever time that was. And and I didn't know what that entailed, uh, but I showed up and jumped in with him and uh, ran or covered 40 miles with him uh, through that night and uh, came back to pace him at, at his, I think, second or third hurt as well. But I think that was somewhat of the first immersion into actually experiencing uh, ultra Um and that's kind of where it went from there. But so it's in Hawaii for a bit, uh, Seattle for a bit. And Seattle was great. I um, did some coaching out there for a high school cross-country team in Lake Washington. And I was working before I had my OT licensure uh, at a New Balance store downtown and was still doing some of the trail events and fell into some of the community that was around at the time, the Seattle Running Company, which was owned and operated by, um, who's still a, a pretty good friend, Scott McCubery. Uh, who was kind of at the, I guess he's kind of in the Horton generation where they were really that, I think, second generation into trail and ultra and really uh, at the heart of the community. So at that time, the Seattle run, Running Company had individuals working for it who would go on to become just some of the top names in, in that generation when I was getting into it. So uh, Scott Jurek uh, was there and then he had set off, uh, still connected, but doing his own physical therapy thing. Uh, Hal Corner or Kerner worked there. Uh, Chrissy Mail uh, worked there, and and several other just really fast like ultra runners. And and so um, because I worked, I didn't work at that store, um, but I was kind of in that periphery and got to know some of those faces. And 
and be embedded in some of that. And that also, I think, left an impression of trail and ultra and being in that early uh, generation, so to speak, which was really uh, quite wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, was li- I lived in, and then I moved to Bend, Oregon. So I was in Bend for about four or five years, bought my first house out there and just loved being in Bend. And um, I was just running just for fun here and there. I wasn't too focused on it. I was in Hawaii. I was uh, trying to, to surf several days a week and I was climbing up in an area of the North shore once or twice a week and, and then running some on the side. And then also in Oregon, I was more in the climbing gym uh, during the, the winters. And in the summer we were playing pickup uh, ultimate Frisbee. And so I wasn't really running that much, but it was always kind of in the periphery and, uh, developed a friendship with the owner of a running store also very very in tune with his community out there uh teague hatfield uh, with the foot zone bend and applied for a job uh, with him but he didn't hire me uh but i still kind of stayed in that uh, mix and i really valued and appreciated what he had created out there and i thought it was really uh wonderful and so that was probably from like 2000 to 2005 and then around that time um my, at the time, a girlfriend and I went up and did a backcountry circuit up of the, uh, um, in between Banff and Jasper. It was this backcountry uh, hiking circuit up off the Icefields Parkway. And somewhere in the context of that five days, I just thought that it would be really fun to just choose a different path and uh, open a running store. And, and so I think that was probably like in August, maybe. And by September, I had uh, sold my house and was uh, moving this case, I chose Ithaca to move back to just because I had some knowledge and comfort. And at the time I was choosing between Flagstaff and Ithaca. And I just felt like I knew the Ithaca, um, I had more of a base here and it was closer to our families. Uh, so back to Ithaca, I came and opened up the Finger Lakes running company in uh, 2006 and, uh, started putting on races a year or two after and opened a couple more, a couple more stores, uh, in the years after that. Yeah, you've been all over the country and well, the world really used to be in Scotland. And, um, a bit, that was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I have yeah, a question about when, when you were in um, Seattle around all those, you know, did you realize at the time that you were with um, some of the greats of ultra running or was it kind of something where years had to go by and you're looking back and you can realize like, wow, that was really an incredible experience. Um, no, I don't think so because I, I think, I think that's the, some of the beauty I think about trail and ultra, like these were, I think amazing individuals, but it was still so, I think personal and humble and, you know, the individuals and athletes were still so approachable and just like your friends. And it wasn't really people that were put on like pedestals that were more out of reach. And I think that that's something that's beautiful about the trail and ultra space. Uh, But I think that's kind of how it it was, I think, at that time, too. Um, So I, I guess I was I guess I was a I guess I was aware of how good these people were. Uh, and I think also more aware cause I had a, a decently competitive background, you know, but the, I guess the, the better that you are, I guess the more aware you are of how much better other people are that are out there. And so I think having, again, a competitive background and getting into like the ultra scene, um, where these people were still kind of way out, uh, there, it, I guess it did make me appreciate just how tough these people were and kind of the difference of ultra running. Um, But it was still very, I think, yeah, it wasn't pedestalage, I guess. So I was aware of it, but it was, yeah. Right, right. All right, before we move on, Ryan Thorpe is uh, asked, he says, fellow ultimate player turned ultra runner, what's your favorite throw? Yeah. <laughs> my throw was whatever left my hand. I didn't really have any good throws. It was uh, pickup games, and I was really not. I guess it was. I don't know for for many of you out there, if you're fast runners, maybe we arrived. For many of us, arrived at running because we just weren't really that good at like a ball sport or something like that. So with with ultimate, it was I think that way where I could probably out outrun or was quicker than most people out there. My endurance was probably better. 
but my technique was awful. And so I don't think I had anything fancy in terms of a throw. I think I could just probably get down the field quicker than, than most other people. There, there you go, Ryan. Uh, and Michael wants to know, no Boulder, Colorado. What's up? No, I did pass through Boulder on several occasions. My uh, girlfriend through undergrad was a, uh, a, a little Colorado native. And so an undergrad started going out there in the Denver area and we went up to Boulder a bit. This would have been probably in two, probably like 1999 through like 2003. And at that point, Boulder was still detached from Denver and Denver was still detached from Colorado Springs uh, and let alone Fort Collins north of that. And then it was amazing in those years to just see the amount of development where that all became basically a single corridor. And so at that point, it seemed like Boulder was still uh, kind of an, a cool island in and of itself and set apart. Um, but no, I, I did not live in Boulder. And I think I was always aware that um, it would be a tough place to, I guess, move into uh, just based on how I think expensive it is. Right. Awesome. Okay. So you moved back to Ithaca. You're at Ithaca. Um, and you've started up the Figure Lakes Running Company. So what's happening once that gets off the ground? Is it immediately that you start organizing uh, races or does it take like a couple of years to get your store up and running? I uh, opened Finger Lakes Running in 2006. I think my the first race I put on was the in 2017 or 2007 rather was, I think there's two races. There's the Catherine, one called the Catherine Valley Half Marathon, which may or may not still go. I handed it over to Vinny Capadora of Happily Running uh, a few years ago, and he may still put it on. And then also Virgil Crest, I think, was in 2007 was the first year. And I think the first year that I put on Virgil Crest, we started with just 150 uh, mile. And I think we were like the 21st or 22nd, I think, 100 in the country. And things were a little bit different. I think it was on that wave of uh, growth and um, it was just, it hadn't really exploded. I think within a few years later, there were probably like 60 hundreds and then it was like a hundred hundreds and it kind of just kept going from there. And, uh, but I think that, yeah, 2007 is when I started, uh, putting on the races and I think that they were the first uh, couple in the mix. Awesome. Now the breakneck trail run is an intense event. What's the backstory on that? How did you think about How'd you come up with the idea of it? How did that race come about? Breakneck, yeah. So there were there was a time where I was traveling our region and really just running different networks, some down in your neck of the woods uh, as well, and and just really looking uh, for what would just be a challenging and beautiful course. And I think I don't remember. There must have been something that cued me into breakneck in the beginning, but I can't remember what that would have been. Uh, but I remember the first time out scouting it. Um, I think I was out for, I don't know, a few hours just exploring the area. And I was just like, this is, this is awesome. And uh, so proceeded and, <clears throat> and it got off. And I think one of the, I guess, <clears throat> I guess I should check myself. I was about to say one of the cool things about breakneck point is just how, um aggressive the signature point is a breakneck point like it's uh, a we should steep describe it for folks because maybe some people listening they don't they've never heard of breakneck yeah so breakneck point is an area right um basically right on the hudson river uh between cold spring and beacon new york and i think to this day it's still one of the most popular day day hikes in america i believe and so it's one that gets like if the first year, I think coming back down off that pitch while the race was going and seeing the area start to flood with people, it literally seemed like there might as well have been like some sort of, there must've been a Bruce Springsteen concert, like at the, uh, at the top of the uh, breakneck point with the amount of cars and like people that were just flocking up there and right and there. And for all those of you, you know, breakneck, it's, it's on uh, one of the rails out of New York city. And so people, it's awesome. So people, you can basically take the train right out of the city and hop off and, and head right up. But the, the trade-off is you also get people going up that are really out of their element. And you'll see some like high heels and like other people like going up this, like <laughs> good on you if we being out there, but it's crazy. And so that the pitch is, 
I forget what the gain is off the top of my head here, beer, maybe gains like 1200 feet in like three quarters of a mile or something like that. And you've got some technical, literally yeah. like climbing pitches. And so to be able to put that in the context or in the course, in a race course, you just don't see that in the U S I think mostly from access, but also from liability and for good reason uh, purposes. And so it was really cool to be able to get, I think, breakneck off and um, knock on wood here at the table. And we will have an EMT up there on uh, mid pitch, like each year. I mean, there's definitely, it carries a lot of risk, um, but it's cool to be able to put on that that's awesome. Yeah, to put it in context, if you're familiar with Mount Tammany, think that traffic, but on a much, much, much steeper forehand, you know, two hands, both feet scrambling up uh, very, very steep and technical terrain. So that can give you a little context to it. Um, so tell us about what, what other events do you have in your series for Red Newt Racing? I know there's a couple other ones. Yeah, so uh, Breakneck is the first in the lineup at the moment. Uh, it has a, a marathon and a half marathon. And I guess not to, we'll move on from Breakneck, but I think Breakneck to me also, I think because it feels like play. I mean, there's only, it's just, I think, kind of fun. It's challenging. It puts you out of your, your comfort zone, so to speak. And it's not about just kind of who's the fastest. It's, I don't know, it's just, it is what it is. But uh, Breakneck is the first up, at least this year, uh, followed by Cayuga Trails, uh, which is a 50K, 50-mile, 50 and I integrated what used to be a separate race, which is Lucifer's Crossing, and that's now a 10K in the mix. And uh, they all run in uh, based in Robert H. Treeman State Park in Ithaca, which is just a really beautiful park if, um, to maybe Trent away in if he's watching. But as, as he, uh, I think, mentioned in one of our Facebook threads today, uh, has – very signature old civilian conservation corp and works progress administration uh, like staircases uh, so it's beautiful but it takes you through just beautiful gorges with waterfalls and a uh, good blend of uh, some single track double track uh, it's got i think like a mile and a half road each circuit and then the new course so the new course variation starting last year is a decent amount more difficult than it was in the early years when uh, it was, I think the U S national championship for six years or so. And so when we had the, I don't know, like the Sage Kennedy's and the Amanda's and the um, Samantha Littles and all like these fast times that were set uh, that was on an easier course. And so you get these fast people on an easier course. Like there's no times would, will never be, I think touched again, just because it's a tougher course than it used to be. Um, but that's Cayuga trails. Uh, hopefully next year we'll be able to bring back uh, Iron Mines, uh, which uh, will uh, again go down in Northern Green uh, in your neck of the woods there, maybe in April or May. And then uh, Whiteface Sky Races uh, was supposed to be July 31st, August 1st this year. Uh, at the moment, not running. Uh, if Essex County decides to allow Iron Man, Iron Man Lake Placid to run, I may go back out that. We'll see. Uh, but that's one that will be back in the mix uh, next year. And I'm hoping to vie also for the U.S. Mountain Running Championships for that one. So we'll see if we pick that up. And then traditionally, I've past few years, I put on Water Gap uh, 50K and 25K down in the uh, base out of Milford, PA, in the flat part uh, of the Delaware Water Gap Recreation Area. Uh, I also have somewhat handed that off to, to Vinny uh, for happily running. And then... In that same time frame, we'll put on uh, Virgil Crest again, which is uh, 50K, 50 mile, 100K, 100 mile, and a relay in the mix as well. And that'll be in September. That's awesome. Well, I know you and I are in the same boat of this past year has been, we don't really know what's happening from month to month with events. So I, I if you've been frustrated, I can share the frustrations with you. Yeah, right. It's just, it was already, not that it's not a, you know, race directing is a wonderful thing. There's a lot of upsides and benefits to it. And it, it really is nice when it all comes together. And, but the, I guess the other piece is though, but it's still really stressful. I think there was some study done X number relatively recently on the most stressful occupations out there. And I think event management is one of the most stressful, I think, occupations out there, literally. And I think it's just, it is what it is. And so, right. So now you add the COVID complexities and unknowns and all this extra layers to the mix and yeah, it's just, it's more. So 
Yeah. Exactly. Kinda, yeah. yeah. So I just chatted with some friends and saying, man, you know, that we spent this last year just re reinventing our entire race calendar. So um, anyway, okay. I know we've got a question here popping up from Kaylin Hopkins. Hi, Kaylin. Uh, I imagine that you've been exposed to a wider audience of runners since starting the podcast. How, if at all, has your perception of trail and ultra running, the individuals and or the culture subcultures within ultra running change? Whoa, deep question, Ian. Take a second to punch uh, on that a little bit. <clears throat> I guess that could be for either of us, right? I mean, that could be directed just as easily at you, Kim, right? Because your podcast is relatively newer. I mean... If you want to think think on it, you can. But I suppose you know that question is just as appropriate for you. Um, all right, I'll, I'll start. I'll start, and you follow up. Uh, so I think yes to a wider audience. I think I really hope that Trails Collective does grow. Uh, but so far, I don't know how wide the audience are, is. I, I think there's so much more so many more podcasts, so many more Facebook groups, so many more of everything that it's just tougher, I think, to break out like at the moment. And so I don't know, like, I really don't know how many people are tuning into uh, Trails Collective on a weekly basis. Like I see the numbers in terms of YouTube views and all that. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not a huge, so, so I hope it grows, but I really, I, I don't know. So I don't know if it's necessarily changed. I think some of the, because I have a competitive uh, background, it's been fun to put on some of the, uh, like for instance, the U S national championship and to have big prize purses for years and to get some of the top or the fastest ultra runners in the country, uh, come to some of the races. And so I've seen that angle and that's fun for me. Uh, but I think I would probably speak for every RD out there. It's probably just as exciting, if not more to see the final finishers come through, like just under the cutoff. And, uh, so for a couple of years, I focused on racing Ironman. Uh, and so, Ironman as a prime example was it was a party scene like late at night for getting in under the 18 hour cutoff or whatever it was like that's just when the, that's when the parties happen it's night and the lights are on a lot of people are probably um intoxicated at that point and these people that had just earned their finish for a long day are coming across and so it's awesome and so I think whether you're looking at like the front competitive end or the individuals who are out there literally twice as long as, as the, the leaders. Um, I think I've really appreciated both of those and everything in, in between. And so I probably still have my own inherent biases, like uh, anybody that maybe filter through on guests that we have or whatever. Um, but I don't know if it's necessarily changed. I think, I guess part of the intent of Trails Collective was to try to really provide more exposure for, um, more events and individuals and to really bring us together as like a regional community. Uh, and so, all right, sorry. I'm, as I talk here, I'm going to back up another step. So uh, years, years ago, uh, when I think I first started Cayuga trails, I think we had a couple, like maybe we were like the most voted, like the most scenic race in, in the country or whatever like that, or like the top 10 and, and it popped up, I think, in like Trail Runner, maybe Runner's World. And there were a couple of related articles like that over the years. And I think at that time where initially my first reaction was, oh, that's great. You know, you can plug this for uh, media purposes or marketing or whatever. But then I became very self-conscious about it. I was like, well, this kind of feels awkward. Like it's such an, a subjective thing. And who's really to say? And, and really, I don't know how many other races are really out there. And, and right around that time, I started with a couple back and forth threads with a uh, – with a, a friend uh, now, but an RD, um, RD based south of us and an RD who's very big on making kind of bold claims and statements. And to me that it always just seemed completely like ridiculous, but I'd want to kind of challenge it with like stats. So if he'd be like, I just said he, so I gave you a hint there. So if, <laughs> if he'd um, say like, we put on the toughest race, like uh, East of the Rockies or something like that, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, I know the stats, like I know white face, I know your races we've got. And, and so in my head, I'm running these numbers and it was just like, this is what, this is what I think was making me feel kind of awkward was there was nothing to really, I think back that up or, or base it on. And so I became more aware of that. And that I think shaped also my intent for the trails collective was wanting to 
find out more about other races and explore um, or expose or provide exposure for other races that were just as scenic if, if Cayuga or maybe just as tough as Whiteface or, you know, something like that. And so I guess in that sense, it has opened me up by intent, um, I guess, along that line. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, Kaylin, for me, with this perspective, I'll just speak to my own with this whole interview series and podcast. I've gotten to meet some of the most amazing people. I mean, um, you know, I, I've connected with Ian through this, through the Trails Collective, um, which in turn has just opened up whole new avenues. I mean, I met Trent Swanson, Trent Swanson the legend, down down south in Maryland through you guys. Um, for instance, like last week, we got to chat with Hillary Allen, and that was made through a connection um, in our own trail running community. So I've just been impacted by, I think, you know, trail running as a whole is so big. But then once you really start getting into those subcultures, everyone's connected. There's so many connections. Um, you know, it's cliche, but it is a small world. And I think that's especially true with trail and ultra running. At least that, that's been mm -hmm. my experience so far. Um, but yeah, this is a great, thank, Kaylin, thank you for your question. It's a great uh, springboard to getting to the Trails Collective, which I really want to talk about. Um, tell us about the Trails Collective. I want to know the whole story about how, that started and uh, what your vision is for it moving forward. Yeah, I started, I think, conceptually actually putting the pieces together a few years ago, and I was kind of ready to start putting some of it together. And it was a bit sidetracked. Uh, actually, a friend um, who was my campaign manager during the congressional run uh, reached out uh, after seeing whether I'd potentially be interested in starting uh, to uh, basically a sports uh, CBD line and uh, not just um, um, oral, but also uh, topical. And, and so we started working on that and we also had to come up with basically like a, a line of gels and other products that would have CBD uh, based in it. And, and so that probably took a year or so of going through some of that pro um, process. And we had got our uh, processing permit through New York State. We were one of a small number to get that in New York. And we were going through, it turned into looking at a processing facility and then others. And and I just got to the point where um, I kind of had to step back. I just felt like it it wasn't feeling quite right or quite good or communication wasn't there. And, um, and so I just pulled back. And at that point, I just, I think, spun pretty immediately into trying to actuate uh, my vision for uh, the Trails Collective. And so, again, the hope was to have it be multifaceted to really, um, well, it, it's trying to, or the hope is to do uh, a lot of different things. So uh, first and foremost, to try to bring us all together and really provide a regional view of trail running. Uh, so uh, one of the friends I've made along the way has been Brian Powell. Uh, Brian ran... Uh, Virgil Crest or what was started as Iroquois Trails, uh, I think the, like the first or second year and um, and just stayed in, in contact. And at the time he was starting uh, Let's Run or I'm sorry, Let's Run. There are a couple other friends who own Let's Run, uh, but I run far. And uh, it was cool to see him really dig in and they do do some regional coverage, but I think it became like a, a world known uh, major player in like the trail and ultra space. And uh, and covers world and national events and headlines and speakers and all that. And, it, and it's awesome. Uh, and again, they do do the like this week in trail running for like different regions. Uh, but I felt like without really making your core focus a regional or local view, I feel like you don't really have the it's not necessarily utilitarian. Like it may be entertainment purposes and it may be great. Uh, but a platform like that is just too big to be able to give, I think, exposure connection between local or uh, regional events or individuals. And I also wanted the ability to be able to highlight the myriad of individuals and entities which comprise the trail running community. So it may be events and RDs and individuals, but it's also uh, people, if you're joining us tonight, Don Wise is an example of like New York, New Jersey trail uh, conference or Finger Lakes yeah. trail conference. And as well as clubs and the physical therapists that keep us, uh, try to keep us unbroken and the run specialty store owners. And there's all these 
um, faces and, and core threads of what is the trail running community. And so it's really still my hope to be able to bring that all together, um, which is a huge, a huge lift to try to make it all sync. And we'll see if we get there. Uh, but that would be one part of it uh, through since I've been in uh, run retail for over 15 years now, or actually probably pushing 20 years with the other experience. Um, I wanted to do more intentional um, gear reviews uh, mm. just because I'm around it all the time. And I can also add more to it based on my therapeutic background and, and weighing in on um, various angles of uh, injuries and gear and how that all plays in and syncs. Um, I also wanted to have an event calendar just so people could go and uh, create it so uh, RDs could basically claim their race and build it up into their own uh, page or profile. I wanted there to be a forum in there. So there are uh, two friends, um, Robert and Weldon Johnson, uh, who started and still operate uh, letsrun.com. And even though it's kind of a, the message boards are just land of carnage and people just, I don't know, it's crazy on those message boards it's just amazing how active that community is. And so I wanted to try to also create some sort of message board. And I also wanted an alternative to uh, Facebook or whatever. Like, it seems like I had so many friends that had and are active on Facebook, but they don't really want to be. It's just kind of where everybody is and you almost can't afford not to be. But I think everybody also acknowledges that, man, it can just suck the soul out of you. And it's tough to, it's tough to leave or stay off of. And, and, and it's a really kind of nasty, kind of horrible entity in terms of pulling the strings on us and uh, capitalizing us or whatever. And so I wanted to at least have an alternative if uh, people wanted to Facebook and didn't want to be on uh, Facebook. Uh, and then also it uh, serves a, our e-commerce uh, platform for Finger Lakes Running Company. Uh, so I was hoping that if I could pull all this together, that there would be a certain amount of individuals if they're not shopping at their local stores that maybe would consider uh, us for e-commerce because we're at least still regional and trying to give back a lot to the trail running community so maybe you could just kind of earn that support of people choosing to shop with us as opposed to amazon or zappos or running warehouse or or whatever um and then also do the uh interviews and the live series and uh to be in touch and and so it's trying it's a lot of things to try to accomplish uh and I don't know. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe, maybe it won't still to be seen it's still early, but that's kind of what the trails collective is trying to do. It's, it's fantastic. It makes me excited just watching it all kind of unfold and hearing from you. We've chatted about it before your vision for it is, is really exciting to me. I'm visionary as well. So um, I admire, you know, your kind of go getter attitude with it and just how many goal, how many different goals you have and directions that you want to go. I think it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Thanks. And thanks for your support uh, all along as well. It's been great. Uh, to your point, you know, I, I wasn't aware of uh, Sasquad or I don't think that um, you and I were connected. And to your point, I wasn't really connected with Trent before Tom Hooper is tuning in uh, here uh, this evening. Maybe he's, he's working at the moment. Uh, but I don't, I didn't know Tom before I met so many people as well, which is really the, the hope and the intention. And so it's been great. It is. Yeah. And your, your, um, interview podcast series is fantastic. I just listened to, um, and this is now a little bit dated, but the interview Ellie did with, uh, Grace, I always say her last name wrong. Grace Lang Lang Langheim. Langheim. Mm -hmm. Langheim. Yes. I always, yeah. I always get that wrong. Uh, but it was so awesome. I was listening to it. Um, I had downloaded it when I, I did the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. Uh -huh. And um, I put it on when I was in a little supper fest. And it was so great. Um, every, you know, there's so many awesome podcasts out there. But to have a podcast that, like you said, is regional, where I know Grace, I can connect with, you know, runners one-on-one. -on -one. It's it's a really neat, it's a neat experience. Uh, well, be stoked. Hopefully, great, great. Hopefully, Grace will be stoked to, to hear that that you were you chose her in the in your in your depths yeah. of despair in the, in the midst of the canyon. I messaged her the next day. I said, "Just so you know, you were running with me um, uh -huh. out here in Arizona." Um, but tell us about your team because you've got other people who are helping you out with this, right? Um, Ellie started uh, with us from the beginning, doing the well. COVID really shook things up, so. 
Like I think one of the earlier episodes when I first started Trails Collective uh, was I was going to have like Dick, Dick Vincent out and we were going to do a piece on escarpment and do a special episode for registration going live and like have people in the, the studio or the shop here, uh, so to speak. And, and it was going to be Ellie uh, and I up here with a, hopefully a certain dynamic happening uh, between us. And, and that was kind of the, how it started. And then right around that time, COVID also started. So that just really, that really mixed things up. And so the point earlier, when you mentioned FKTs also in the weekly rundowns, Yes. That's been cool because it's allowed me to, I think, learn a bit more about really spectacular routes that are all over. But that, I think, that wasn't part of the plan. That was COVID set in and suddenly races weren't happening. And so it was like, well, what are people doing out there? And so some people were still FKTing. And so, you know, it went in that direction. Um, so Ellie was on uh, doing some of the TC interviews uh, early on. And then she made the decision this past uh, semester to start back to school. And so that she wanted to devote her uh, full attention to that. And so she stepped back from uh, doing the Trails Collective. Um, so otherwise, I mean, I have a, a teammate and a friend, Amelia, that's right now helping with some logos, but that I don't, ha that's it. I don't have, I don't have a team beside that. It's, it's me trying to kind of do all these things and then crowdsourcing uh, where I can. So this past, for instance, um, probably, few months I've been trying to work on or not trying I have been working on some feature article sets that are hopefully coming soon and so one started I was going to focus in on states and the uh, trail running communities in those states and <clears throat> the best of trail towns in those states and so I had started with Connecticut because when I I guess to Kylin's uh, question earlier maybe this this would be one area like I think I was aware of some of the races in some of these places, but I wasn't just, I wasn't aware of just how strong and active some of the running communities were. And so this is one where I was already aware of like the Schnipsit Striders and some of the longstanding races they put on, but it's a really engaged and active place. Like I think I still had this skewed image in my head of Connecticut being this one big suburban place. Um, and really it's, it's incredible how much uh, trail uh, mileage Connecticut has, and you can be at any town and not too far from a trailhead. And, and it's a really, um, I don't know if it's huge in numbers, but it's a really vibrant connected trail scene. And so I had started with Connecticut and I have a lot of that information down, but I was waiting for a couple other pieces. And then I launched into kind of the best of trail running, uh, events series articles that I'm working on right now. And, and, uh, as part of that, uh, it's been a lot of like crowdsourcing. So when you talk about team, it's me reaching out to different, whether it's the New, New Jersey trail, trail and ultra runners uh, or the uh, Virginia Happy Trails or the West Virginia or trail runners in Midcoast, Maine. Like on all these threads, I'm just posting for information of uh, to accumulate basically data on some of these races and just people's opinions. And so I'm really excited to be, I think, fairly close in uh, putting some of these articles out there and it'll be a number of them. Um, and so I guess the team has been really the community as well when I'm looking for that crowdsourced uh, information. So when you say you're uh, putting these articles together, are they going to be launched on the Trails Collective page? Yeah, they'll be launched on the Trails Collective page. So for instance, it's, it first started, I think one of the first ones was going to be, so I think I was already thinking about it anyway, but then there was another individual who had started and I don't know whether he's still working on it or whether it's just not going to happen, but I think his, his URL is like Northeast or trail run Northeast trail running.com or like something like that. Uh, and early on, I think he had plugged a article on uh, the toughest trail races in the Northeast or something like that. And that was like a prime example of like, I looked at it and I was like, you captured someone here, but like, what are you basing this on? Like, what are your metrics? Like, what are your, like, okay. Uh, and so uh, I basically wanted to do justice to that concept. So it was like, all right, so what's going to be our yardstick? How are we comparing apples to apples? And so just in the context of that one, now I've, I've mapped over, I think two, a little over 200, between 200 and 250 uh, courses or trail event courses in the Northeast now. And whether it's just running, um, the, uh, map or the GPX file that a race director sent me, or whether it's actually freehanding maps, if they didn't have them into my own software, based on looking at their topo maps, 
um, or the combination kind of thereof, plug them all in. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the GPX files and I'm running them through three different uh, decent mapping software programs. And so like some of these races, like an example, there's one down in Virginia, for instance, that also made like one of these claims, like it's X difficult or whatever. And, and they had this elevation figure that in my initial lineup, I was going to be like, this is, this is easily one of the toughest courses in terms of elevation gain, like in the Northeast. Um, but then when I started actually manipulating the data, the software program that they were using for mapping is not even remotely accurate. Like it'll spit off like way, way over like high elevation metrics. And so I think it was a prime example of like, you really got to apples to apples here. And so I took three other programs, ran every track through three different programs. I took the average of the three programs. There's always going to be one that's high, one that's going to be low. And then I divided it by the distance for the average elevation gain. And then I also factored in uh, seasonality of the race, technicality of the course. And then if when it really started splitting hairs, then I spent a decent amount of time on some of them, basically finding which entrant ran multiple of these races and wow. where was their time faster um, and like which were slower. And then when it got even deeper, it was like, well, summary, I was, and this was interesting too, okay, to Kylin's question, I guess I'm finding other ways. Like for instance, in the Pennsylvania scene, which is probably the most active and biggest trail scene in, and Loomis, yeah, I'll, that a boy. I'll comment on that in a second. He just commented. Um, and I didn't even have to say the name and you knew what I was talking about. All right. But the, yeah. Um, so this is going to be fun once I release and to see the comments on here too. All right. But so, so, so Pen the Pennsylvania scene, one of the most active uh, trail running scenes in our region, Heiner is going down this weekend with 1200 runners, um, just huge, really engaged scene. It was interesting. What I found was in a lot of these races, like individuals aren't necessarily crossing over between different like event companies races. So they're siloed yeah. into like this kind of sub community, this kind of sub community, but they're not necessarily crossing. And if they right. do, they're not usually in the same distances. And so what I then had to do was I had to find basically the race in common between, all right, so if he's still on here, I had to find the race in common between uh, Ryan Thorpe and Devang. And if they weren't in the same race, I had to then find the race that they were in together and then backtrack out into these other races to see then how they stacked up in terms of times. And so I was really trying to do as just as much justice as I could uh, to these races uh, to really make it an apples, apples to apples kind of equation. Um, sorry, I feel like I'm just running on and talking too fast, but no, this is great. I mean, that's amazing. The level of detail you're going into. And so, um, all right. And so to Greg Loomis's, um, so class split are so slow because 30 to 40 stream crossings. Right. And that's something that's something I can't see right in the metrics. What I did find with cloud splitter uh, and Greg, Greg was probably my first exposure to uh, ultra running. He was one of my teammates at Ithaca college. Uh, Greg is right now, one of his life goals, which he may sh uh, hit in short order here is to try to uh, do or finish a hundred, hundred milers. Uh, he's just finished, I think his 150th uh, ultra uh, a couple weekends ago but I think he was my first exposure to ultra and he's been really um, embedded in the uh, Virginia scene uh, for some time. And he was kind of that early generation, I think in that's just kind of kept going. Um, but that's something that I, I can't tell. I mean, I can look at topos, but I can't see 30 to 40 stream crossings. And so when I release these articles, there'll be some, I think kickback and then I'll be able to shuffle things based on feedback. But Greg, the other part of it though, uh, Greg is that, Cloud Splitter also, this has really surprised me. And so some of these routes, it wasn't just looking at the elevation metrics, but I was actually looking at the maps as I was mapping in them. And so I was surprised to find just how much road, whether it be paved or whether it be park service road that Cloud Splitter has in the course. And so I think the initial Cloud Splitter course before they had to move it was more technical, but when they moved it, it became a little less so. Um, and so I'm also weighing uh, the impact or technicality of having roads uh, in the course. Uh, so that's been, it's been really fun, but that's just one angle. There's the, uh, there's the toughest trail races in the U S and now initially where I was trying to find just the toughest per mile, I realized that I couldn't do it for all, um, for all distances. And so I had to then fragment it out into distances. So now I split it. So for instance, like in the 50 K division, I've ranked, I think it's like the top 35 
I think 50 Ks in terms of the, like the toughness, so to speak. And I had some sort of cutoff on, I think it was whatever X amount of feet per gain. Obviously there's more 50 Ks than 50. I covered quite a chunk. And so every division I went through this and then I moved on to most scenic and for most scenic being subjective. And I was just asking for people's opinions. I posted in Virginia, Virginia happy trails, or I'd ask Amy and Brian Rizeki, knowing they've been kind of been all over the place. Like what's their opinion on most scenic in Massachusetts? Or I think I asked you early on, on what's the most scenic in New Jersey. And, and so I have those plugged and I have, I'll work on the biggest party scenes and the biggest in terms of numbers. And I'm just finishing the flat and fast category. And, and so there'll be all these spin-offs, but hopefully it encompasses a really big uh, data set for Northeast trail running. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be such an awesome resource for runners all over. I mean, just to be able to click on that article or wherever you're posting it. And I know there's gonna be a bunch of people who are like, all right, I wanna see the hardest. Now I'm gonna start looking up those registration pages. Yeah, I'd hope so. I, I, I feel a little bit bad because there's so many races out there that just aren't going to, there's even been some of yours, Kim, like I feel bad. Then, then I have these, these personal relationships, right? Cause I'm like, uh, Trent, if you're tuning in like Trent or Kim, like I, you guys have amazing and you're establishing like amazing communities around you and putting on really wonderful events. But some of your events may not necessarily like, fall into these like categories. So then it's, so I feel bad for all of the events that, um, I'll miss, but you know, maybe eventually we'll find a category for, for all of them, but there'll be a lot that I'll obviously not have in there. Well, we, we won't hold it against you too long. We'll hold it right a little yeah. bit. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're getting down to the end here. So if you have questions, you can drop them in the, uh, the live chat and I can read them to Ian. Uh, we're going to do some rapid fire here though, in the meantime, and, and we'll see if we'll check in on the chat if we get any other questions. Um, this is a question we ask all of our guests, the most important one. Do you believe in Sasquatch? Yeah, wasn't there a, um, I think I kind of believe in like the Yeti. I mean, is that kind of qualify as like the Sasquatch? I mean, they're kind of related, right? I guess I'm I still, think they're little, cousins. I think I'm still a little unclear there. I who was it the, um, there was a, a mountaineer uh, who always, I think, believed in the Yeti and it's really amazing uh, maybe somebody's watching you'll short answer. Maybe, maybe I believe in you, Kim. I believe in you. Does that, does that count? That counts. That counts. Thanks again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. What is the greatest movie of all time? Clay pigeons. There we go. Okay. Unexpected. All right. Um, let's see. Next question. Where, what is your personal favorite trail? If you could only pick one, what's your favorite one? Like favorite trail of any place I've been. Yep. Hmm. Um, you've been to a lot of trails. I have been to a lot of trails. I think what you're right. I mean, I was about to say whatever my answer is be, it's not going to be a, a just answer, but I, I guess that's part of the fun, right? It doesn't matter. Like I just have to answer. Yeah. I think that probably the trails above where I used to live in on Oahu, uh, which is like up on the hurt course. And occasionally I just go up there and do night runs on my own. And it was such a, a visceral place. You have, like the warmth and you'd have the humidity of the uh, like jungle, so to speak. And, you, and you'd have the, the smells of these really fragrant, 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 rather like flowers or uh, like papaya that would be like smashed uh, on the trail. You'd have the occasional stir and sound when you uh, disturb or um, spook uh, the wild boar uh, that were up there, which would freak you out as well. But then you'd also have just the, the lights of Honolulu that would just when you came around a certain uh, turn and like over a hump, it would just kind of open up in front of you and you'd see this just Island kind of cityscape glistening and you'd still see the coast. There's so much uh, light there, even at night. Um, so I would probably say uh, that section of trail and that specific time. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually, I spent a semester of college on Oahu and this was before I was a trail runner. Man, I would give anything to 
relive that as a trail runner because I think I, I missed out on so many amazing trails on the island. Yep. Yeah, it's in, it's really it's really quite wonderful. Yeah, totally. All right, we have a couple more questions here. What is your favorite trail running shoe of all time? And it can be a model that's not being made anymore because I'm sure you've run in a lot of different shoes. Yeah, I do. There was I do, and I've actually been starting to accumulate some of my favorites historically, um, just because they're kind of gone and they're kind of interesting kind of talking points. There's like one. I don't think I ever owned it, but as an example, there's one of the original uh, Adidas trail shoes here, which is the Adidas Marathon Trail original on the, on the tongue still made in West Germany. Um, so there are some impressive ones, but I think looking at some of these old shoes of even like 10, 15, 20 years ago, like I remember when the some of the shoes were like new and they seemed so like awesome when they first came out. But comparatively speaking, they just, they weren't, they were like, they were heavy or they were rigid or they were like really like thick materials. And so I have a tough time, I think, looking back and saying that was like the best trail shoe because I feel like shoes just keep getting lighter and more comfortable. And for the most part, it's, it's like this evolution and, and, and in some sense, you can't go back. So like when I think back of like cool shoes, when they first came out, I think like the, maybe like the Montreal Maasai, I thought was a really cool shoe uh, at the time it seemed really like minimal in the upper and it was really it was really like pretty slick but I don't know and like now that I'm wear testing so many shoes it's tough I don't know even if I should just pin it down just for the purposes of this just to have fun and say this is my I'm like I don't know if I can there's just yeah. so many shoes and so many different feels that I don't even know if I can answer it just for the fun of like answering right now. So I'm surrounded by shoes and a lot of them are great. And like, so I'm going to fail in answering that question. That's all right. That's all right. We got, we got some good backstory on it. This might be an equally as hard question. We'll, we'll field it from Ryan Thorpe. After cataloging all these races, which one are you most looking forward to running for the first time? That's probably a tough question too. I don't think so. Um, yeah. Because I mean, I've, I've really dug into a lot of these, uh, races. And so I guess, I guess for, for, I guess I've got to be good at something like now I'm aware of like a lot of races that are out there. And have, so even in this series of articles that I'm, uh, putting together right now, like I even embedded, um, as much as I could find like YouTube video, uh, on the events or the courses. So if there wasn't one on the event, if I could find like a mountain biker that streams, like riding through these trails or whatever, like I wanted to give people a sense of what the course was all about. And so there I was also able to, I think, cue in and, and watch a bunch of these courses in action too. But my um, immediate reaction to Ryan's question is probably the Mansfield double up uh, up in Vermont, uh, followed by probably, if he's still on here, Tom Hooper's uh, Kismet Cliff Run. And what state is that in? That's New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Awesome. All right. New England shout outs right there. Uh, okay, if, do we have any more questions in our chats here? I know they're on multiple pages. We'll just do one, one last sweep here. I think that's about that's about it, right, Ian? Are you seeing any others? Uh, no, that it doesn't always bring them in in real time. Unfortunately, some will be missed, but I don't see any. Okay. Awesome. Well, that hour flew by. Um, again, apologize for the late start to all you guys who are tuning in, but thanks for bearing with us. And um, Ian, five stars for troubleshooting on the fly, getting yeah, this yeah. going. Thank you. Um, let's wrap up. Tell, tell everyone who's listening and who might be listening to the uh, podcast in a week or two, how can they learn more about all your different uh, entities, trails collected, brand new racing. Where where can they find out more? You know, Finger Lakes Running Company. Um, yeah, there's. I'm still. Um, so the biggest, it's you can go to trailscollective.com. So I'm trying to structure Trails Collective where again you don't have to have a social media account. It's kind of an old school website where you can actually go to the URL and so it's accessible by everybody. I'm also comfortably stuck in being. I guess an old guy now where I'm just on Facebook. And even though I have Instagram, I don't think I've ever used Instagram 
I have Twitter, but I think I only used it during the, uh, I think, congressional campaign uh, a little bit. So I'll post to Facebook and I'm often responding there just because I have to be on there, uh, even I don't, even though I don't really want to be on there. Uh, so you can find me on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Facebook under Trails Collective, Red Newt Racing, Finger Lakes Running Company, my own personal page. Uh, you can find me usually in person at the shop and I'm going to try to make my way through uh, as many of these races as I can uh, take in. So any of those uh, avenues. Awesome. Well, I want to give a personal thank you to you. You've done so much for the trail running community and especially for us, just we, you've given us a lot of exposure here with Sasquatch Trail Running. We don't do a ton of advertising, I would say. A lot of it is word of mouth and then through social media and our website. So getting we've, we've you've given us a lot of really nice plugs. Um, and I know I'm not the only race director that feels that way. So it is very, very much appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to learn more about Sasquatch Trail Running, you can get on our website, sasquatchtrailrunning.com, and you can catch up on all the latest episodes of our podcast anywhere, podcast streaming, uh, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Just type in Sasquatch Trail Runners, and you can um, tune in on your next run. You can, you can queue it up. So, Ian, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Kim, for the opportunity. All right, guys, until we see you again, keep it squatchy.